Welcome to the Strengthened by Stories podcast, where we come together as friends to connect and share our lives' experiences to ensure we know we're not alone on this journey we call life. Whether these experiences are anticipated or unexpected, we focus on how we can choose to be strengthened amidst the circumstances that come our way. Thanks for joining us as we share relatable stories that can bring awareness and comfort to everyday life. I'm Janica Segrist, and I hope you'll stick around to be strengthened by stories. Hey, hey, everyone. It's a new year, and I'm excited to be back here sharing stories. And I'm going to start this year off by telling you that my phrase is strive to be. So today, I'm happy to introduce you to Corby Campbell. I met him quite a few years ago when we both performed in the same performing group. He is one of the most positive people I know, and so I thought he would be an awesome one to start us off on striving to be happy amidst our limitations, and you'll see why I think that in just a little bit. So go ahead, Corby. You can get us started. My name is Corby Campbell. I grew up basically normal like everyone else, uh, as far as normal can be. Um, Not anyone really thinks they're normal. But um, in high school, I loved computers and I loved theater. Um, I was big into parkour type stuff. I don't even think parkour was big enough at the time to have a title. But, you know, run and jump and climb over all sorts of random stuff, parkour. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a older brother who didn't know how to do backflips but he knew how you should do backflips and i always wanted to be able to do a backflip off a wall since i was a kid (laughs) and so um he taught me how to do standing backflips and i would do um those just like for fun whenever i felt like it uh and then um i could do like seven in a row just standing backflip backflip so then my junior year in, in high school Um, I was hanging out with my friends in the wrestling room, which is really random because none of us (laughs) wrestled. I don't know why we were there. Um, But I was like, I wonder if I could do a backflip off a wall yet. And so I ran off the wall and did a backflip and landed it great the first time. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. And so I would work those into like musicals and stuff or just just to show off or just for fun um, and things like that. And so fast forward a little more. My first semester of college after graduating from high school, uh, I... uh, I was really just kind of restless because I'd been sitting all day, which is really ironic now. And I, uh, so I went and out front, uh, just one of the walls and checked it for good traction and did a backflip off the wall because it feels cool and, and blended it just fine. And I don't know if I got like my feet wet on the, the landing or something because it's when I went to do a second backflip um, that an alligator came out of a nearby <laughs> canal and uh, broke my neck. Um, or no, no. Okay. No alligator. I, I broke my neck. I landed on my neck. Um, and it didn't hurt. I remember thinking, oops, um, but I couldn't get up. And so, um, someone, cause it was just out front of the school. Someone came up and they're like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, well, I can't get up, but besides that, I'm fine. And he's like, I'm going to call an ambulance. I'm like, that's probably a good idea. And so they called the school cop came up and and the school cop was like, what's your mom's name? I'm like, Rhonda. And he's like, what's your favorite pet's name? I'm like, Snowball. And he's like, what's your favorite author's name? And I'm like, Brandon Sanderson? What is going on? And, and I realized, I'm like, oh, hey, um, I know you're trying to prevent me from going into shock, but I'm, uh, I'm not going into shock. 
And he's like, oh, <laughs> didn't really know what to say about that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, uh, ambulance arrived. They got some, I, th I think they stopped by Home Depot on the way and bought some screws for my neck. You can see them in the x-rays. My parents met up with me at the hospital. My dad was able to give me a, uh, a blessing and stuff. And we got, that happened to be the best spinal surgeon in all the Western United States there. Um, and they got me under the knife within like an hour or something, which is with spinal injuries, it's extra important to get it as quick as you can because it starts um, swelling. But so, so what that means for me though, is uh, you wouldn't know from the audio, but I'm, I'm a quadriplegic is what it's called. And uh, most people have a false perception of quadriplegic. They hear quad meaning four, right? And then they think it means you have no use of four things, which would mean I can only move my head. Um, but quadriplegic really means you have incomplete use of four things. Um, in my specific case, I have no use of anything about armpits down, um, but I have half the muscles in my arms. And so I can still use, I can still use my biceps um, and I can still pull my wrists one way, but not the other way. I don't have use of my fingers, but I can like feel my thumbs, but I can't feel my pinkies. And then it's kind of a, a spectrum in between the, the fingers. Um, and then like all your internal organs still work, but anything below my armpits, I can't feel, um, or I can't choose to move those muscles. And then, uh, and like I said, kind of half the muscles in the arms. And I actually, so that's quadriplegic. And actually I, uh, I sparkle in the sun. My chair sparkles yeah. like beautifully in the sun, which is a vampire thing to do. So the technical medical diagnosis is vampiplegic. Ah, so nice. yeah, yeah. You know, terms you wouldn't, you wouldn't learn unless you, uh, you broke your neck. Um, but so that was November 5th, 2000, 2004, which is the same day The Incredibles came out, which is a fantastic movie. Um, and I'm glad they finally made a sequel. But so that was uh, that was almost 15 years ago. So as a result of that, I'm a, I've been in a, a wheelchair, a power wheelchair, um, you know, full time for for the, my life since then, almost 15 years. November it will be my 15 year breakneck anniversary, which is a way more fun holiday, and we do celebrate it. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so, I have I have a I have various things that I've learned and stuff I could go into, but I don't know if you had questions and I could answer your questions rather than just just ranting about whatever I feel like. Well, I'm just curious. From the beginning, when you after you did that backflip and you were just laying there, were you hurt? Like, were you in pain? It did not hurt. It didn't. It didn't hurt directly or anything. Um, the only thing huh. that really hurt as part of the whole thing at all was kind of surgery recovery. is pretty achy. Mm -hmm. But even in the surgery, they like afterwards they gave me like a morphine button to like press if it hurt. That it would only work every hour or something. And and I hate. I don't like morphine. Like <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're in your own body. So I, I just. Yeah. I just don't like it. And so I got off that quick even. But it didn't hurt. Um, and in fact, I still had enough presence of mind. I distinctly remember being in the ambulance on the table and they're like cutting my shirt off, which my mom later sewed onto a, a blanket, which was awesome. My gimp blanket. Um, but I remember like joking around and making the paramedics laugh. And I was thinking like, wait a second, I'm, I'm the guy on the table. Why, why am I making yeah. them laugh? But I, I don't know. It was just it didn't hurt. And it was uh, it was just an adventure. Wow. I would just assume that you were like in pain right off, but that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I guess it <laughs> severed the parts that were hurting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So through your recovery, were you this positive all the time? Uh, yeah, um, it's it's a weird thing. And uh, I, I feel like it's a kind of or largely attributed to the way my parents raised me and 
and um, believing that everything happens for a reason and things like that. And that, um, and we have, you know, having a lot of uh, say in what happens in your life, I guess your attitude makes a big difference. I used to, even before I broke my neck, tell people that happiness is a choice and people would be like, Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> but then I, I broke my neck and I was still happy. And I'm like, see, happiness is a choice. Um, they're like, Oh, I guess. And there's, I don't, I say happiness is a choice and I'm sure a bunch of people were just shut off and they're like, Oh no, it isn't. I don't want to clarify that. Like when I say happiness is a choice, I don't mean that you're like, wake up and you feel crappy and you're in a bad mood and you just decide I'm going to be happy instead. And you're instantly happy. Like, that's not what I mean when I say happiness is a choice. Um, mm -hmm. but I feel like happiness is a choice means recognizing when you're not happy and taking an honest look at like your life and, and the actions you've taken and things going on and finding the things that are making you not happy and then choosing to focus on or to do things about, you know, those things, you know, not put yourself in those circumstances that make you unhappy. Um, I can give you a, a, a simple example, a, a wheelchair, you know, specific, simple example. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I really, you know, I, there are a lot of things that I can't do. Um, there are a lot more things that I can do than most people would expect. Um, I still graduated from college. I still work full time as a software developer. I was actually a manager of software developers over the, uh, as of like four months ago. Um, I went skydiving still. I drive my own car completely independently, feed myself independently in a lot of those things. So I'm still you know, more independent than you might think. Mm -hmm. um, but there are things I, I can't really do very effectively. You pick something up or you drop something on the ground. I, I'm not really going to probably pick it up. Sometimes it's an adventure to see how I can pick it up and I'll go to the, the closet and find a <laughs> hanger and, you know, try to stretch it out and, and hook whatever's on the floor and try to pick it up. But it'll take like, you know, 10 minutes on like a standard day. Most of the time I'll just be like, Hey, Janica, can you, uh, can you pick me, pick yeah. that up for me? You know, it's just, just the, the time payoff is more important. So there really are some things and acknowledging those boundaries is, you know, part of, part of life and we all have limits, but, um, an example, my, my now wife, um, she loved, she loved to swing dance before. And before I broke my neck, I liked to swing dance mm -hmm. as well. Um, and we even danced as part of our wedding and stuff. And we can go, we found a way to kind of go dancing in a chair and it's something, but it's not quite the same, you know? And so sometimes she misses just regular swing dancing yeah. or would love, you know, wish she could do that with me. And so to relate this to happiness as a choice though, instead of me thinking like, Oh, I really wish I could do swing dancing or instead of me dwelling on like, Oh, I would love to do parkour again or play the piano again. Like I used to and stuff like that. And think about all the things that I miss, or even just, you know, if you put a more positive spin on it, just kind of fantasize about the future where if science finds a way to fix my spine, like what will I do mm -hmm. when that happens? You know, it can, can be kind of fun to think about like, what would it be like, or what would I do? But it just like, it does, it doesn't really help, you know, reminding my wife that I can't do swing dance with her doesn't make her happy. It doesn't make me happy to focus on, you know, something I can't do and, and don't really have any control over right now. Um, so I make the choice to not dwell on those things and instead to, you know, keep focusing my energy on things I can do. And there's all sorts of fun things that me and my wife love to do. We love to build Legos together and we love to build puzzles together and watch shows together and, and play, play strategic board games in a battle of competitive wits. And, and, uh, she's, there's video games that she plays with me. And I didn't expect to find a girl that would play <laughs> video games with me and stuff like that. And we still go for quote unquote walks, despite the fact that someone <laughs> isn't walking, um, and things like that. And so, you know, we, we have a wonderful relationship still. 
you know, by focusing on the things that we can do that make us happy rather than focusing on the things that make us grumpy. And so I feel like happiness is a choice is, is one of the things. And it's a choice by the choices you make, not just a choice you make to ignore yeah. your current mood. You know what I mean? Well, that's so awesome. I'm so grateful that you have that positive attitude because I think it's so great. I think you probably have a better attitude than some of the rest of us that... I don't know, you know, can do so many things. Sometimes it's not like I have that attitude every day, but But I guess we're all human and we all have those days. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So is your wife just as positive? I bet she is. (laughs) No? (laughs) Nope. Nope. There's a, I wouldn't quite say opposites attract in that regard. Like she's not like super pessimistic all the time or whatever, but I'm definitely still the, uh, comparatively way more optimistic, but she's a, she's a great contrast. Um, in many ways, and she's wonderful. Why don't you tell us about some of the things you've learned through this journey of yours? Yeah. Some of the big thing, a kind of overarching principle that's kind of I've learned is is a, I put more stock in, in beliefs. And, and by beliefs, I don't just mean like spiritual beliefs, um, although I'm very religious and stuff like that. But I mean like, you know, a farmer plants a seed because he believes it will grow. And you go to work because you believe you're, they're going to pay you, you know, and stuff like that. And so everything in our life is based on beliefs about the outcome of whatever action we take or don't take. And, and while I, I do believe um, there are absolute truths, um, and stuff like that. I feel like beliefs are can be very subjective and hard to prove the truth of, but beliefs have an effect regardless of whether they're based on truth or not. Um, and so like a simple example I can give is that I believe in life after death. And since I believe in life after death, I believe that while I do enjoy the wheelchair experience, actually, it's it's very fun. I get to be very unique and I've always liked being unique and I can make wheelchair jokes in public. And uh, you know, and get away with it and stuff like that. And it's super fun. Um, and there's, I can go into some of the examples of some of the blessings that's come from it, but um, I believe it. So I believe it will be temporary though, too. I'd still, you know, it'd be nice to, to get back to normal full dancing and things like that. And I also, since I believe in life after death, I believe that the way um, I live now will have an effect on what life is like after this life and things like that. But you know, say there is no life after death. It's kind of hard to objectively prove with our scientific method today and stuff like that. Um, so maybe there is no life after death. And my belief in it, you know, won't really result in, in anything after I die. But because I believe in it, I still choose to be happy. I still enjoy this experience and, and have um, joy and faith for the future and stuff like that. And so whether the belief is true or not, um, it has an effect on my life. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. And so I find that a lot of beliefs that we have, um, you know, just they can they can affect us negatively or they can affect us positively. And so I feel like that's an example of a, a positive belief. Uh, I think a, I think a good example for my own life of a, a negative belief that I had at one point was um, I've always been a fairly cocky guy. I always you know thought all the ladies wanted me and stuff like <laughs> that. Um, and I carried that even even into my wheelchairness. Um, but I, I expected. You know, I really thought I'd be married by 25, you know, and so I came and I didn't get married until I was 29. I was engaged at 29 and married at 30. And so there was like five years where I was like, well, past the point where I was, you know, thought I would, would be married. And so I was starting to, you know, lose lose confidence in myself and stuff. And um, one of the things I tried was online dating, which I do generically recommend, by the way. 
Um, it's a little, you know, for guys, I totally recommend it. Just make sure to have a personality for girls. I a little, just be a little more choosy. There's some total creepers and guys, girl, guys don't really have to watch out for creeper girls online, but girls definitely should watch out for creeper guys online. Anyway, random plug. But I, so I did online dating on and off a bunch of times. And I, uh, there was one point where I was like not having as much success in dating in general as I thought, but I still had the core belief that if people really knew me, they'd like me. So maybe it's the, the wheelchair that scares people away. And if people don't know about the wheelchair from the beginning, then they get to know me first. Then if I let them know about the wheelchair, then um, they'll still like me. And so I tried that for a while. I didn't put any pictures of my wheelchair. I didn't mention it in my profile. I didn't bring it up in the initial conversations and stuff like that because I, I'd have fun with conversations. But um, I had a couple experiences, though, where once I once I revealed that I was in a wheelchair, the girls got really mad at me you know, and 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 thought I was like lying to them, which I really basically was, I guess. And I didn't like that either. I like like to be a totally open book. And so kind of like mm -hmm. dancing around a subject, even just, just, I don't know, it, I didn't like mm -hmm. it. And so I had this belief though, that like people wouldn't love me as much or be as interested in dating me if they knew about the wheelchair. And so I tried that out and it, it didn't, it didn't help. I, I don't think I met anyone that I, I um, tried talking to during that, that phase of um, online dating. And so I'm like, this is dumb, screw this. And so I went and I, I, you know, changed my profile pictures and stuff and put up pictures of me in a wheelchair and mentioned, wheel, made wheelchair jokes in my profile and stuff like that. And I put, you know, I put as like my headline, I'm like, I don't know if you can tell from my pictures, but I shave regularly um, to kind of like allude to, you know, the non-obvious thing or whatever and stuff like that. And my yeah. wife, um, we did meet via online dating. And so, and she, she mentioned that line as like what caught her attention and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so I had this negative belief, you know, whether it's true or not, that people weren't dating me because I was in a wheelchair, because it's probably still actually even true that many people wouldn't be interested um, because of that reason. But by me focusing on that belief, it was kind of holding me back and uh, made me, I don't, less me, I feel like, and wasn't, you know, wasn't helping anybody. And so choosing to, to focus on I guess my general concept is if you take time to, you know, kind of identify beliefs about or you have beliefs about what you can achieve, beliefs about your relationship with others, beliefs about, uh, you know, what you can get, what you can get paid, where you can live, um, your beliefs about whether you can control your anger or you can control or you can find ways to deal with your depression or, you know, any, anything as we believe things negative about ourselves, whether it's true or not, we make it true. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it holds us back. And so I just highly encourage anyone to, to focus on beliefs that, uh, that build them up and, uh, and whether they're true or not, and whether your negative beliefs were true or not, by focusing on positive ones that build you up, you'll just have a better life experience. You know? Yeah, that is so great. Is there anything that motivates you or inspires you? Motivates or inspires? It's an interesting question because um, I just I just like uh, I guess part of it. So many people just automatically expect that since you're since I'm in a wheelchair, I should be sad or depressed and stuff. And so I like continually just proving everyone wrong, um, you know, mm -hmm. on that assumption. Um, Good for you. <laughs> even when I, I broke my neck at first and I was at first in the hospital, there, there was a social worker assigned to me and she, she prescribed me a antidepressants. And I was like, I, 
I'm not, I don't need those. She's like, trust me, you will. And so I got on them for like two weeks and then you know, I didn't feel any worse or better. I was still pretty happy even in the hospital. Um, it was a common feedback. Everyone's like, you're the same Corby. And I'm like, what other Corby would I be? You know, and I had having a farm function and stuff like that. I could still give them great hugs and things like that. And so yeah. anyway, so two weeks later um, on this antidepressant, I'm like, hey, I'm still not depressed. Can I get off of these? And the social worker's like, fine. Um, and, and so so I feel like I've been um, definitely <laughs> blessed. Um, I don't. Well, well, I, I talk about happiness as a choice, and I recognize that I feel like it's it does come easier to me. I I didn't I don't struggle with depression, and I feel like lots of my friends do have anxiety or depression or things like that, and that's very real. Um, and I I don't discount everyone else's experience. I do feel like any challenge we have, we can find ways to work around it as best we can and make it livable and find joy in the journey, despite our different weaknesses. Um, a great example of that for my life is I talked about how how I, uh, I'm mostly independent now, right? I, I, I own my own home. I don't rent a home. I bought a home out in South Jordan, Utah, and I, um, I worked as a software developer for, I, I graduated in 2010, I think, and so this is like almost nine years where I've been working as a developer. I have my own car that I've been able to drive since, I don't know, maybe two or three years after the accident, you know, most of the last 12 years still and things like that. And so I consider myself independent, um, but really that's kind of another belief because one of the things I still haven't found a good way to do um, is be able to get myself in or out of bed or to help myself shower. Um, and so I still rely on other people to get me in and out of bed at night and then in the morning. Uh, and then the rest of the day, I'm pretty much self, self-sustaining. But even that, we mentioned the example of if I drop something on the ground, I kind of have to have someone else pick it up. Um, but you know, I work. I work at. A, I don't work from home. I drive to work and stuff like that. So there's people there, and there's always. There's been a few fun times where I had to drive around the corner of the sidewalk and just find a stranger and be like, "Hey, I know you must get this all the time, but um, can you help me pick up my phone?" You know, and things like that. And there's always someone to help. And I, I call myself independent, but really, I have other people come every morning and night and help put me in bed because my wife is is not my caregiver. I feel like that would be too much of a drain on a on a relationship. Um, she can she can fill in if someone you know gets sick or something, but like she shouldn't be my regular my regular caregiver, which I I give as generic advice to any wheelchair person listening to this, which I'm sure is a small percentage. But anyway, um, so so I have people come and help me get in and out of bed, and it's actually been in one way it's kind of a stress because trying to find someone to help me with that has been hard at times, and I have to pay at times. Um, but just uh, nine months ago. Um, you know, late last summer, my wife and I moved into this, this current house. Um, and, uh, the, 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 the ward here, the religious group here, I let them know in advance that I'd be coming and asked if they could, you know, see if anyone was willing to help. Um, just kind of as a starting. And when I moved in the day of, they had a full set of people signed up to, to, to help me in and out of bed, um, every night. Um, and including three mornings a week, I actually have help with showering and a, a, a bowel care, which takes like two hours at 5 a.m., which is something I just can't imagine that anyone's willing to, you know, wants to do. Um, but they had it all in place. And uh, so I have to rely on these other people to be independent. And you'd think it'd be a drain, you'd think it'd be a problem. Um, and it's, you know, a limitation I have that I need to work around by finding these people, but it's it's really turned out to be a huge blessing. We really we really integrated with the, our neighborhood so quickly by having these different people in my home 
because it's almost a different person almost every night. So there's like, you know, 10 or 11 different people to take care of the whole week. Um, but we've, we've got to know all these mm -hmm. people so much because they come into my home for, you know, 20 minutes every morning or evening and you get to chat a bit and stuff like that and learn, learn about them. And so not only, um, have I found a way to, to work around the limitations that I have, because I do have limitations, but you know, it, it's turned out to be a blessing to all the people that I've been able to interact with. And I've even had um, some people express to me what a blessing it was for them and the things they learned by having the opportunity to come over and stuff as well. And so I just, you know, submit as a general rule, anything that you're going through, um, you know, you, it may not go away. You may not be able to get rid of what you're going through, but you can definitely find ways to make life a joy and, you know, still work around it and, and have a great, happy experience, you know, here. Yeah. So do you have other people that you get together with, other quadriplegics or other people that you've come in contact with since this that you're just really close friends with? Or are you nope. just close with everybody? <laughs> um, I, I have a, I, I've met a bunch. Um, I did physical therapy for the first like two years afterwards. And so there's all sorts of people that you'd run into and rub shoulders with um, during that. But physical therapy, it kind of just helps you figure out how to do whatever you can do. Mm -hmm. um, but with the, the spinal injury, technically I bruised my spine. I didn't mention um, the C5-6 vertebrae for any medical people. But um, and uh, the spinal spinal tissue doesn't generally regenerate. Neither does brain tissue. Those are two of the things in our body that don't really heal, which is why if you hear about anyone with brain damage, that's usually permanent. Because if you hear anyone that you know you know it's got slashed across the hand, their hand they're going to be fine, right? It, it heals. But your brain brain tissue and spinal tissue generally don't. Um, and so going to physical therapy for, you know, the whole 15 years leading up to this doesn't super have a point because um, it will keep me like limber, you know, if science helps fix me tomorrow or whatever. Um, if, if, you know, my spine was magically restored tomorrow, I'd still like have to work probably for years to get my legs to be functional enough to walk on, you know, it wouldn't be instantly just because my brain could talk to them. And so physical therapy might shorten that period if I did it now. But besides that, it doesn't really help me do learn anything new so much that I don't just learn by just living, you know? And so I guess, um, the, the point is I don't really continually rub shoulders with any unique community in that way. Um, I still just continue to maintain and create new relationships just like anyone else. That's pretty cool. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or that you would want to tell people or just anything that you want to include? Yeah. Uh, no, I guess I, that's, that's a lot of it. You know, I, one other generic point I'd, I'd written down is maybe a thing to talk about is uh, there was one point where I was in pain kind of regularly. Um, there was something with my, my bladder that I just couldn't figure out and I was in pain and I made me kind of grumpy. And I, I don't know about you, but like if you're ever feeling physically crappy or tired, usually you're just, just grumpier, right? And, and I, uh, and you just give your, I, or you give yourself permission to be grumpy, really, and to be a little bit more snappy and be like, well, it's because I'm tired. At least that's for me, I was doing that. But I found that I went for like two weeks in a row where I was kind of uncomfortable every day. And I realized at some point that I was like, you know, maybe I, I, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's forever. Maybe I'm just always going to be in a little bit of pain or in pain like this, but I don't want to always be grumpy. And so I decided to stop giving myself permission to be grumpy when I don't feel well. Um, 
and I don't even remember what happened, but I, I'm not in pain anymore. And I, I'm generally the whole 15 years I haven't been in pain regularly. It's just no more than the average person, less than the average person if you count girls, um, but and stuff like that. And so, but just recognizing I didn't want to be someone that's just grumpy just because something like that that's internal and no one else's fault shouldn't like be a basis for me treating other people worse. And so that was kind of another you know, really a belief system yeah. thing, a belief that I feel like benefited me. And, and I guess the final one um, is recognizing that challenges are, are an opportunity to grow. And I know people have probably heard this a million times by now, but you know, if you ever, if you ever say a prayer or, or at least set a goal, that's like, oh, I just, I want to be less shy. And then the next day you go to work and someone talks to you and you totally clam up. You don't know what to say. And you go home and be like, Oh, I failed. I'm still shy, you know, or, or God didn't answer my prayer. I'm still shy. But like you, that's no, there's a, that's an opportunity to practice growing the person you wanted to be, or you were asking to be. And as we recognize that, uh, our failures are opportunities and challenges to become who we want to be and to grow into someone who we want to be rather than seeing them as failures. I feel like we can progress so much more. So I just, I hope everyone, you know, while willing to recognize that you have limitations you learn ways to work around them and recognize that your challenges are ways to help you grow um i think it just yeah. makes life so much more fun yeah i have so much more fun taken from a guy <laughs> that's very positive good job i went skydiving you know it's like you can still do that like whatever yeah there's ways <laughs> that's incredible well thank you for sharing all that information and taking the time to visit with me and share that story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have it. If you want to hear more from Corby, go ahead and check out his website at corbycampbell.com. There you can hear a little bit more about his story and also his music is on there. So that will be a treat if you go check that website out. Uh, for now, I hope you got something out of this podcast, and I hope that you will strive to be able to find joy amidst your limitations, because we all struggle with different things. We can find that happiness that we all desire. See you next time. <laughs>